Hey there. So I just came back from a workshop hosted by one of my teammates at Mind Valley, and the workshop was called Blasting Through Limiting Beliefs. Of course, when I see anything on my calendar, any sort of invitation, or any new group that happens on Slack that pops up, any new event, initiative, I always say yes, and I always want to be a part of it. So of course, I accepted this invitation on my calendar without knowing anything else other than the gentleman who was hosting it, who's a good friend of mine. And that was it. And I knew it was a Saturday from 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. And I was like, all right, all right. All right. So it's a four-hour workshop. I don't know what to expect. I don't know if I should bring a journal. So regardless, I, I brought my girlfriend. She was invited as well at the last moment. And I'm so glad that I did. The premise of the entire workshop, blasting through uh, limiting beliefs. I don't even know if it was beliefs. It was blasting through limiting something, right? And the whole premise is, and you know, before I even go into this, I just want to mention that on the on the walk back, we were having a conversation, Olivia and I, and we were talking about how we've done deep work before. And this is not our first rodeo, and anytime we go into a workshop, it's kind of like we're eager to learn, and we're eager to see other people's perspectives, and we're really excited, but at the same time, we're like, okay, what, how, how new can this be? And what I've, what I've kind of noticed and what was brought up was that the people who are far successful or more successful than the people that we look up to and uh, try to emulate maybe our idols, the people who are more enlightened, the people who are leading lives that we want to live, they preach the same things and we hear it over and over and we almost become desensitized. We almost become desensitized to this information. However, I'm starting to realize that what actually what they're talking about. And I, I've gone into this before in, in my journaling and, and probably in a blog post somewhere. But the difference between understanding and realizing something, and that's really kind of what this workshop also did is, you know, I've had limiting beliefs before and I'm self-aware of them. And I know what I should do to negate them or blast them per se. But it's almost like I'm, I feel too smart for that. I'm like, that can't be the answer. That can't be it. And I'm understanding what these things are when people say just be, or don't try so hard or do the right thing or finish, you know, whatever it is, these, these words of wisdom I hear and I understand, but it's not until recently that I've started realizing these things. And I think that's really what a lot of life is, is understanding things and then realizing them at unexpected times. I mean, I try and realize things. I try and realize enlightenment. And the, the difference between these is understanding is intellectually knowing. You read a book on the subject, you understand the mechanisms and the mechanics and how everything works. That is the understanding, the intellectual understanding, but the actual experience and realizing it is being a sentient being and allowing yourself to get the stimuli and the feedback and the sensory feedback to 
to really make it real, you know, realize, make real. So that's what I've kind of been uh, noticing and, and living in my own life is this understanding of things. You know, I have an interest in personal development. I have an interest in business. I have an interest in blasting through limiting beliefs, but it's not until I actually experience it and make it real that it impacts my life and makes a change. So going into this, going into this workshop, I would like to share and become a bit vulnerable here. The premise was we have limiting beliefs from when we were children growing up, essentially before the age of seven, (laughs) you can think that we were basically hypnotized. Like everything that we consumed content-wise, your parents, your upbringing, your environment, your uh, belief systems were basically ingrained into you before you had your first memory. I mean, even think about it. My first memory now, I remember, uh, and I, I go back to it often, not often. <laughs> it's kind of weird to be going back to something like this often. But when people ask, what's your first memory? There's always one that I go to. And it was when I was about, I would say five or six. And I was with my cousin and we were playing outside and there was a bunch of people over. I don't know if it was a birthday party or some sort of celebration or maybe just some uh, family gathering. That rarely happened. It was probably a birthday or something. And we were playing in the sandbox and we lived in the country. You know, my my parents were uh, both from farming families, agriculture. So we lived in the country. And I, I remember it was a, an autumn afternoon and the, the sun was, you know, maybe 6 or 7 p.m. And I remember my cousin uh, and I were playing in the sandbox and the wind blew and the sand got, uh, you know, lifted and caught up in the wind, almost like a mini tornado, of course. And (laughs) he got sand in his eyes and he started, oh my gosh, started crying and rubbing his eyes really hard. Oh, it really hurts. I can't see anything. Oh my gosh. And I I remember him running in and uh, I was just kind of looking around like, uh, it's just him and I, what's going to happen? He's going to run in and he's going to get all the attention. So I pretended I had sand in my eyes as well. And I ran in right behind him and he was saying, oh my gosh, I have sand in my eyes. And you know, the parents and everybody, of course, did what I thought they were going to do and put their, um, all their energy and their attention on my cousin. And I definitely couldn't let that happen. So I came back in after him and said, oh my gosh, I have sand in my eyes too. And of course I'm looking at him to see what he's doing because he actually has sand in his eyes. Um, But all this to say, before a certain age, we're basically conditioned and we don't know about it. So these limiting beliefs, uh, everybody has them and and it's one thing to be self-aware of them and to understand them, but it's another thing to realize them and actually put situations that you've been in recently and say, oh, that's what this is. Okay, I understood this on a conceptual level intellectually, but this is how it's manifesting in my life. And for me, the limiting belief was I will not be controlled. So that's manifested so many times over, over over the course of my life. And like if somebody says, okay, here's the five-step process to making $100,000 in this industry. All you have to do is do these in sequential order. Just follow through. Make sure you go all the way from step one to step five. That's the order. That's how it is. This is the proven system, and you will get this XYZ result. 
I see that as that's a structure that's trying to control me and tell me how I should do things and how I live my life. I might start on step one or step and, and maybe move to step two. But after that, I refuse to complete the cycle because that's controlling me. And therefore, I don't get the results. I don't make the money. Uh, my relationships have maybe fallen apart in the past. And I think there, you will never get something that you don't need. And actually, this was another colleague of mine who said this to me, and it really resonated. You will never get something that you don't need. But um, I, I've had my relationships fizzle in the past. I've jumped careers multiple times, and that's pretty normal. But for me, reflecting back, I wish I wish that wouldn't have happened. But again, you never get what you don't need. Um, and it's all comes back to this matter of I will not be controlled. And I think it came a lot from when I was growing up. My dad had so much control over everything in his life. He was the decision maker for everything. And he made it known within our family that everything had to be done a certain way. There was always a step one through five. And this is how you do it. This is the result we want. And, uh, you know, he was a very, very successful businessman. And he had everything going well for him by any of a, any of society's standards. But man, just to see that the feeling that I felt when my dad would say, this is the process, this is exactly what we're going to do. And if I strayed from that, if I became too left brain and creative and wanted to do my own thing, he would push more and say, no, don't do it that way. It has to be done this way. And I hated that feeling of being controlled and having this, this process that I was being forced to go through. So how that reflects is I hate going through processes. I hate following the rules. So my life is basically just the wild west. I'm out here doing whatever the hell I want in in my relationships. I, I can't tie myself to a job. It's difficult for me because, I mean, I even brought it up that the company I'm at right now, it, I, I don't even have business cards with the company's name on it and my name because then that would mean that I belong to the company in my eyes. The company is controlling me. They're controlling my personal branding. Isn't that so ridiculous? Or I can't hold a, a relationship. I can't even change my relationship status on Facebook to in a relationship because then that would mean that somebody else is controlling the way that other people see me. I can't finish a project because if I finish a project and stamp my name on it, then whatever the result of that project is defines who I am. You know, I can't write a, a freaking blog post anymore because my thoughts, as crazy as it sounds, I know, right? My thoughts define me and I am not one to be controlled. I will not be controlled by anything, even if it's my own thoughts. I don't know if you resonate with this, but... I don't want to be associated with anything, with anything, you know, and I, I want to build my own personal brand. I want to be so unique and individual that it, I, I don't want to be controlled so much that it's reflecting the way that I do things. I can't even complete a project for fear that I will make somebody else feel like I'm controlling them. And that's exactly what I do didn't want to feel it's we're talking shadow work and this was brought up today as well is whatever you don't want whatever that is that you're shying away from so much 
is actually controlling more of your actions, controlling more of my actions than what I do want. It's just like saying, here are my wants and here are my fears. And then finding out that your fears are stronger than your wants. And you're like, why can't I get what I want? It's because you don't want it stronger than your fear that's deterring you from it. I think this is important why I do work with fear, you know, fear hacking, writing about fear. And maybe this is something that uh, has controlled my life as well. It's just that I, I hate feeling afraid. So I will consciously go out of my way to do things that I'm scared of uh, moving across the world. And, and, uh, but it's, it's like, you know, whatever it's this association that I'm the most afraid of. It's committing to one thing. It's completing a project. It's doing the work from step one to step five. That's what I'm so scared of. That's that. Those are my fears is that if I do this process, if I go through, if I, I almost didn't finish college. I started in my freshman year and was so ready to quit because if I got a degree, then I would be defined by that degree as a psychology major. Oh, you're a psychology major. Oh, you think this specific way. Oh, you went to Ohio state. Oh, you have these sets of attributions that are tied to you because that's what the school has tied to it. I always strayed away from even being in a fraternity even though it would have been such an awesome networking opportunity for me to make friends, to learn, to have access to people, ideas, and other organizations that could move my life forward, I was too scared that if I joined a fraternity that I would be associated with them and I would lose my identity, and I'm using air quotes, my identity because it would be lost in the fraternity's identity which is also lost in the university's identity. If I said I was part of XYZ house at Ohio State, then people automatically place me into a category. And what if I don't feel like being that? What if I don't feel like being categorized like that on that specific day? Or if I say, oh yeah, I work for this company. Now people automatically categorize me in this company under this branch. If I say even I'm heterosexual or I'm homosexual, people automatically categorize you. And that's, it's just anything that defines me. I have been so wishy-washy and just saying, I don't, I don't want this. I don't want that. I don't want to be associated with this. I don't want to complete this project. I don't even freaking want to live here because I know that people from that area have a certain connotation or people have this understanding about people who live in that area. I can't. It's so hard to commit to anything because that's my fear. The fear is being controlled by identity. And I've been striving so hard to create my own identity that I don't have one, I feel. And so this this whole limiting beliefs thing today was very powerful. And there were there was um, repetition involved in elevated voices, shouting, and... Uh, after I was done, I was the I was the second to go after the facilitator. Uh, well, I was the first to go after the facilitator, and man, I started shaking. Uh, I started crying. I I broke down in front of my my colleagues and uh, my wonderful partner as well, and not out of embarrassment, but just out of clarity 
like, wow, this really is something. And we had the opportunity to share afterward, after everyone was finished with their turn, we had the opportunity to share what, what was coming up and really why we selected this particular thing to, to say and to shout. And all of these things came up is like, I felt controlled in my childhood and I was scolded or punished for deviating from this, uh, this specific set of the way that things are so much that I never want to impose myself as a controlling figure over anybody else. And that's been so, man, so detrimental to my life and my career and everything else because I don't want other people to feel how I felt as a child. That was really where, that's really what came out. I felt controlled as a kid and I felt shame for uh, for stepping outside of the box and thinking outside of the box and do, doing things my my own way. So much so that it was almost like a, um, it was like something to get back at the people who were trying to help me and give me a process. This is how you can become successful. This is how you can be happier. This is what you need to do. These are the steps. This is who you need to associate with. This is the organization you need to be in. This is the class you need to take. This is the process you need to go through. So much of this I felt was going to control me that I just turned my life into a series of unfortunate events, pretty much. Uh, and that's how I've, how I've described my life in the past is just a series of unfortunate events. Yeah, cool. They make they make funny stories sometimes and people are like, Austin, I don't understand how you get yourself in these situations. That's so crazy. And I was always proud of that. I had this, uh, um, that was part of my quote identity is that I was always getting into funny situations that I can later tell a story about. And that was because I didn't want to be controlled. If somebody says, this is how you do it, I will make up my own thing because that's, <laughs> you know, I don't want to be defined by saying I went through this process. That's really what it came down to. And just for realizing that. So what I'm going to do now, the simple solution, uh, I actually made made this exercise myself a couple of days ago where I wrote down my wants. This is how I want to feel. This is what I want to achieve, gain, anything. Um, and then I followed up with these are my fears around doing that. So I, I want to, you know, I want this, but I can't because of this. The third step to that is uh, this is how it's, and this is how it's manifesting in my life. This is how I'm proving to myself that I can't have what I, excuse me, that I can't have what I want. And then the very, the, the fourth step is what would be the simplest answer to disprove that? Imagine I come to you and say, man, I'm having this issue. I really want to, uh, I really want to be an expert in something. I really want to be an expert in consulting, but I can't because I don't have any projects finished myself. And I'm proving that to myself because I have a ton of open loops that I, of, of projects that I've started but haven't completed. So that's how I'm proving this to myself. If I were to say I want to do this but I can't do this, uh, and here's the evidence: I don't, I, I don't have any completed projects. The most obvious thing to tell me would be, dude, 
You need to complete some projects. You just need to close the loops. That's all you have to do. So this is how I'm gaining clarity on what I need to do next in my life. Because there's tons of theory, 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 concepts, strategy, all this heady mental stuff, all this intellectual stuff. Um, It can get difficult to realize it. I can understand, but it's, it's difficult to realize. So a confused mind says no all the time. So gaining clarity on what it is that's that's stopping you, what it is that's holding me back, what it is that I'm afraid of for me, it's to be controlled and it's to control other people. I'm so afraid of that because that's it's an identity thing. It's an association. I can't be controlled and I can't control other people. And how that's manifesting is that I have all these open loops, all these projects that are open that haven't been closed. The very obvious next step for me is just to close the projects, finish the things that I started before taking on anything new. So maybe maybe I'm just talking to myself now. Well, I literally am talking to myself. I'm sitting in my apartment with a microphone and there's nobody here. I'm having a conversation with myself. But just to close those loops is going to be monumental because it's something I haven't really done um, for the duration of my life. And the things that I have been successful in is when I started something and finished it. I don't know if anybody who's listening to this can relate, but yeah, maybe that's a challenge for myself and perhaps that's a challenge for you as well. If you think about it, why aren't you where you want to be? Why am I not where I want to be? It's definitely deeper than closing the loops on my projects. It's that fear. It's that limiting belief that if I do close these loops, if I do complete my projects, then I will be identified by my work. Or if I get into a relationship and I really fully commit and I pour my heart out and I love this person and they love me back and I let the world know I shot from the mountaintop that I'm in a committed relationship, it closes off other options. And now I'm defined as (laughs) being associated with my partner. How awful. No, 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 no. It doesn't make any sense. It's an identity crisis. (laughs) It's not a crisis. But I just thought I would share um, for whoever maybe feels that they have limiting beliefs. It's, It's not always on the surface. It's not the, you can understand, but until you start to look at how it's being actualized in your life and how it's, how you're realizing your limiting beliefs, then you should go back to the understanding. Okay, I'm realizing it now. Now I look back and understand much better and uh, I can take a look at how to how to fix these things. So I'm going to send a voice memo to, to my friend who facilitated and hosted this event and, and held the space for everybody that was there. Thank him very deeply. Tell him I love him and I will probably uh, tell other people that I love them as well. My mom, my sisters, and my, <clears throat> my wonderful partner. And, uh, yeah, that's a different, that's a different podcast coming up (laughs) about love and abundance and, uh, should be great. Should be a good time. Usually I'm in a very happy, cheerful, um, bubbly kind of mood, the life of the party. And I still feel this way. And I even, I even noticed that coming up at the end of the, at the end of the thing today, uh, we wanted to take a group photo and I was of course, smiling and encouraging everybody else to smile. And I was laughing, setting up the, the, the phone camera, but 
the host actually made a comment and said, I, I really don't feel like smiling because of the heaviness of the room and the heaviness of the feelings. So um, I don't know where I was going with that. But yeah, the abundance mentality. I love so many people. I love myself and I love the world. It's wonderful. <laughs> Sounds like such a hippie. Um, all right, guys. Thanks for Thanks for tuning in. I hope maybe this helped you. Maybe you can connect. Let me know. Follow me on social media at Intro to Austin on Instagram and Twitter and Austin Wilman on Facebook. I'm on there all the time for my work. Um, Instagram is definitely the best place to reach me. Salutations.